it's me, Emma Martin. Welcome to People Who Play, the podcast here to inspire you to live playfully. Welcome to episode two. I'm here, as always, with hashtag producer husband. It's me, I'm back. It's producer husband. I have no name. Um, well done for coming back, Ems. Few so do, cute. few do. Yeah, we're back. Um, I think the launch was a big success. What do you think? Yeah, it caused ripples on the podcasting scene and it was topping the charts across the globe. Is that a fact? <laughs> no, not, <laughs> not at all. I think some people listened to it. It was over 5,000. What? 5,000 souls? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. we were really chuffed with that, weren't we? So thank you, everyone, for supporting the pod. Tell you people. Yeah, when they say how many people were on the Titanic, they say souls. I think that's why I said that then. Not that this podcast is like the Titanic and doomed to fail and sink what? and hit, crash into an iceberg. It could do. Put your life belts on. Put your life belts on. That's White Star property, that is. Me and M's have the ability to just riff on Titanic. Yeah, fun fact is that we regularly just quote from Titanic. I I just love... Come back, Jack! The boat! That's good! That's good, that's good, Em. Oh, it's so annoying. She could fit him on that door, couldn't she? Oh, it's ridiculous how much room was on that door for Leo. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's basically a boat. Just pull him up. Unnecessary. Mm. I can still smell the fresh paint. <laughs> anyway, let's not just Jeez. let's not just do two hours of Titanic quotes. Um, should I tell you about? T- oh no. We anyway, we don't have lice. We're Americans. <laughs> that's White Star property. <laughs> yeah, you, that's one of your faves. Now I love a good film quote. Uh, you do and um, I would say every single day of my life, I am triggered in some way to say a. Star Wars quote every single day and it will come up organically in conversation and someone will say something that then triggers me to completely out of context say the quote back to them and I was somewhere the other day and someone said um, who was it someone said oh I'll be careful and I just went you'll be dead (laughs) from the scene in um, Star Wars New Hope when Luke goes into the cantina and someone starts bullying him he doesn't like you. I'm sorry. I don't like you either. You just watch yourself. We're wanted men. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. I'll be careful. You'll be dead! <laughs> and I tell you, that shocks whoever you're talking to on the school run. Well, you know, especially in a pandemic. Yes. <laughs> I like it when you sometimes put on the... What's the song called? The Star Wars March. The Imperial March March. when the kids are running late for school. Oh, yeah. Dom, dom, dom. Darth Vader's in the house. Yeah, sometimes you just boom that through the sonar system. Oh, I love Star Wars so much. Um, Anyway, it's been quite a big week for you. It has been a big week for me. I purchased a leaf blower slash sucker. This is high level adulting. Yeah, so at first I tried it on blow mode. (laughs) And I just thought, well, all I'm doing is blowing leaves and dust from one area of the skate park slash garden to another area. Mm. I'm not actually, there's nowhere to get rid of it. So I was like, okay, switch into suck mode. (laughs) 
And I just sucked it all up, popped it in the green waste, and there you go. How did you feel? I don't know. I think it must look very strange to watch a man essentially hoovering his garden. When I saw you with that leaf sucker... I look like a Ghostbuster, yes. I thought, wow, we're grown up. Like, even more so than having children and getting a mortgage. Yeah. I I looked outside and I thought, we're we're adults. Yeah, to have one of that... Well, I'm not quite 40 yet, but... That is a mid-life purchase for sure. Yeah, like having equipment. Yeah, equipment. I know. I don't actually. I, yeah, I'm not into it as a no. scene, but it is essential when you're trying to run a skate park in your back garden. Yeah, we've never, <laughs> we've never ever been able to own a lawnmower, have we? We couldn't. We just don't want that responsibility. No, I don't want to. I don't. No, want that. we just like to pay someone to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, look, Ems, you know, you said that this was a bi-weekly podcast, but I noticed that we released an episode last week. So is this just some kind of mega treat? Oh, has it only been a week? Yeah, you're oh. just so you're just so jazzed to, to have a podcast. You're giving people uh, an early episode in my book. Are you sure about that? I'm, I'm sure. Okay, well, um, it was going to be every other week, but here we are. Yep, here we are. Well, let's do it weekly, because the thing is, we've got so many guests lined up. Um, You've got an Excel spreadsheet. I've got an Excel spreadsheet, and I'm on it. I'm on it. We're on it. We'll try and do it weekly until it becomes bi-weekly. Bi-weekly has always confused me as a term. Yeah. I'm like, what is that? Is that every other week or twice a week? bisexual week. Yes. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it is. (laughs) Um, you go into a news agents and yeah, you're you're subscribing to something and you're saying, when is it? Is it bisexual? When is it? <laughs> it's, a, it's a magazine that that comes out whenever the hell it wants. Yes, yeah, doesn't care what gender. That's what our pod could be. <laughs> <laughs> I know people like structure, but no, it just just <clears throat> takes what it fancies. I tell you, you are awful at pointing your mouth in the direction of the microphone. Good lord. Producer Ben just reining you in. Well, Producer Ben, what happened prior to this recording? You're we- supposed to be here on the knobs and the buttons. <laughs> that is your actual job. And what's happening right now? We're recording this for the second time. Second time. Because? The microphone was not on. Hmm. Yeah. It's You'd not, think that Producer not, Husband would be on that kind of jazz. It's not great for your second shift, is it? <laughs> not, no, no. I'm so glad I'm married to you because I am... You can't fire me. <laughs> I mean, you could divorce me, but I'd never sign the papers. <laughs> um, shall I tell you about today's guest? From divorce to guests. Yeah, go for it. Um, on the show today, we have a great guest. She's called Ellie Gibson. She is one half of a comedy duo known as Scummy Mummies. Right. They do mum comedy, mummedy. Right. Um, and she's also a video games journalist. She's had a whole career in doing that. Um, and she is translating her video game knowledge to help parents understand the weird and wonderful world of um, gaming. So today's episode is all about gamers. Well, I for one love gaming. You do love gaming. And I hate the fear around gaming why are parents so stressed about their kids gaming because i can't get them off the screens well dump the pads and the tablets and the phones and all that jazz because those aren't video games they have got like all those apps and stuff they've got more in common with a cd las vegas casino than they have with actual video games that are made by like a hundred people creative people and, t- and you know five years to produce them at the end of it you get this 
amazing, immersive experience. You don't get that with a 99p app. Yeah, we're quite... Some apps are good. I like Tokoboka. Um, we're quite purist with the gaming experience. I think, yeah, what you're saying is a video game experience is more akin to like, if we were comparing to the entertainment world, it would be more like a movie, something that's got depth and an yeah, it's art. It's well produced. <laughs> yeah, and it's creative and it's quality. That, that's an art form. That's a piece of art. A decent video game can be amazing. But yeah. I know that it's, it's a hobby that's just massively frowned upon. And like if granny comes in and she sees the kid gaming i know that instantly they're gonna be like oh gaming again but it's funny because we all screens aren't equal ems we i do say that we gamed as kids um game of face off and i think it was quite a different it was exploding then wasn't it on the scene yeah and it was a different sort of it was very much about playing that was that you like get together with your mates and you play whereas now obviously it's more there's more sort of like culture and community around gaming it's a lot more online maybe you're not so physically together with yeah it's your, not a niche scene it's a it's a multi-million <laughs> yeah. dollar industry i mean video games make more than films it's a massive community and Huge. many many of these kids will go and work in that industry because it's only hopefully growing. because what an industry to, to be in it's pure mm. creativity mm. i do sometimes Go on. Um, I, do. <laughs> I do. I do. I sometimes struggle to answer the question, how do you get your kids off their games? Which I get asked quite a lot on Instagram and I never know how to reply because my answer is literally just like, I just ask get them. Off. <laughs> um, I guess it's more the sort of the context maybe around how they're experienced or just our general lifestyle is very normal for them to be moved on to another activity or it's very normal for us to talk about um, digital play um, in terms of balancing the time with other types of play. Yeah, I think usually if you're offering them something awesome in exchange, like, come on, let's go and play outside with me, then, I don't know, I've never had any kind of static, but then you've got to choose your battles. We've never put in screen time no. limits. I just have a feeling of when enough is enough, and I think they do too. Yeah, because I think... Having a set time for well for Phoenix and Indy, so they're seven and ten, nearly eight and eleven. Um, I think for them having a set time every day sometimes also doesn't really make sense because there might be some days where they actually game for longer than I would like them to, but then there'll be another day where they don't they don't really go on it at all. So I think that that's the whole thing about balance as well. I mean, similarly with like my you know phone use and work-life balance getting things on the like daily it's like everyone's looking for this like perfect balance but i just don't think it exists i think you've got to look across like a week and then even more so a month or a term and just kind of aim for yeah kind of a good mix of are you saying everyone's chasing perfection i think like this idea of balance is is the kind of it's just the it's sort of like the poison chalice i think of like modern parenting because there's more things that have come into childhood um as well as our own interactivity with our phones with work coming into the home whatever it might be so we're all looking to balance i think that's what everyone seeks how we perhaps sometimes think about that is that it has to be achieved every single day um and i personally have just never found that 
possible. Like I learned while I was trying to constantly pursue this like Monday to Sunday work-life balance. I eventually after a few years figured out it's much better to like look across the week or even across a period of time and be like, do you know what? In that one particular week, probably just going to be like full tilt with work. Yeah. (laughs) But then across the month, it will balance out. And I think similarly with screen time, trying to get like, for us, if we had like 45 minutes or an hour every single day, I just don't really think it would work out. Yeah. And also I'm guilty of this, but you tend to reflect everything to your childhood, don't you, as a parent, which is classic mistake because the context is all wrong. It's 2021 and things were different in like 1986. And Sometimes I just think this is normal for them because this is the world that they're living in and going into. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all, you know, as you know, I'm big into the bigger picture and it's like, do they go outside? Do they have other play interests? Um, Are they, you know, kind of working on their social skills and their... You've got to earn your gaming. You have to earn your gaming. I'm like that myself. I do think like if I've been for a five mile run, it's like, wow, tonight I can game my face off. With a gin and tonic. Yeah, you can't just sit still all day. I mean, that's obvious, isn't it? What do you like to play when you game? A Star Wars Battlefront, which is a 2015 game. What do you you get out of it? Well, I just like... Well, you know how like your mum would just chat in the 90s, like a, an hour and a half or two hours in the evening to like her friend or something. Well, that's what I do. I just chat mm. to my mates. I think that... Te- and we chat about nothing to do with the game. Yeah, I think that introduction of that technology that allows you to talk and game is is just so transformational. Because you probably wouldn't sit there on your own and just play no, a game, would you? No, but, but and, vi- and also I wouldn't just ring a mate yeah. for an hour and a half and yeah. just talk nonsense. Yeah. Even though that's a lovely thing to do. And I think that's good, especially for men, because, you know, there is a cultural issue with men talking and opening up. Um, and I think play, whatever Ems, it is... I'm very transparent with my feelings. You- <laughs> But play, whatever it is, can act as this kind of like place to come and meet and then other things spill out from it, other conversations. Emma, it's a social lubricant. It's a social lubricant, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, Yeah. phrase. Yeah, phrase. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's really great. And I like the thought of like, you know, teenage boys, it can be notoriously a time where they can become, you know, go quite sort of into themselves and feel like very awkward. Um, and the fact that they have got the ability to talk to each other over a game could potentially be really great. Yeah, society's also very biased with gaming as a hobby, isn't it? Because like if Phoenix was sketching or like drawing for, I don't know, like five hours, is that great too? I mean, I'd probably go in and be like, dude, do you want to do something else? Yeah. <laughs> You're drawing. <laughs> you know, but but it's like considered to be this beautiful, lovely thing. Yeah. I, I, I just think, who are you who who is anyone to say that gaming isn't i mean gaming well, is pure creativity they are stunning pieces of art like yeah. pop, popular art in the same way that a blockbuster film is yeah things that people don't understand uh, yeah, I, always are feared I guess, aren't they yeah i guess the thing with gaming is though it can <clears throat> drift into it's a gateway drug <laughs> it can drift into addiction like that can is it? that is now listed i think in the nhs um, addictions. Yeah, but isn't that all the apps? Those stupid. No, no, no. It's just just gaming. You can get addicted to any game. But I would, yeah. I mean, I think the majority of um, young people and adults can have 
a relationship with gaming that can can benefit them but there's definitely a point where it might tip over and it suddenly stops being play and starts becoming more like you're dependent on it hmm okay interesting i don't mm. think i'm there yet no you're not. and that's why as a parent you do have to kind of you know think about that play diet and just make sure that you know they, they're sort of getting some other stuff as well i think what's helped as well with me and phoenix because we have we've had a few clashes on various things um and i think we've been on some really long walks especially over the last year because that's all we've been able to do um, and we talk really openly and in depth about gaming and i'll ask him questions about like what happens in the game and what he enjoys about it and he'll go into great depth and he will ask me questions about why i you know have friction about certain things um prickly prickly yeah, <laughs> prickly pear um and we'll kind of get into um you know I, I talked to him about the fact that i i don't have a problem with him gaming and i think it's great that he's passionate about certain things and it's really interesting to me what's interesting to him but there you go that's important yeah but um it's just like you can't do one thing all the time and then i'll say to him i also think it's really brilliant how you love skateboarding and how that makes you feel afterwards and like what a brilliant skill that is and you'll have that for life. So it's just my job to make sure that he balances the time spent gaming and doing art and doing skateboarding is equal and that it's not dominated by yeah. gaming. I, I mean, I do know that some kids are all or nothing with their hobbies, yeah. aren't they? And I don't know, ours have always had a wide kind of spread of interest. And I think that's that's probably makes it easier because they've always got, other things to to kind of to find that balance that I was talking about um anyway should we get into it play the interview and then we can come back to this at the end okay do it Ems. here it is hello Ellie welcome to people who play thank you so much for being here hello thank you very much for having me nice to be here well I'm in my house so and I like my house so it's nice to be in my house but it's nice to be on the podcast as well I think you'll know what I'm <laughs> excellent saying. um so I'm really excited to talk to you I know that you are a a lady of of many things um podcaster comedian um and also games journalist um all of those kind of have a connection to um the theme of play and playfulness and this podcast is all about inspiring people to live playfully so yeah I'd love to dive into some of those um different parts of your life um and sort of understand um a little bit about how how they make you who you are um and the impact that they have on you and and to sort of kick off with I always like to ask people a bit about um them as a child and how how they played as a kid what what was your kind of favorite go-to um toys games activities that you liked to play as a child um it was definitely games i think and i so i was born in um 1977 just to just to pitch me in time um so it was definitely board games um and then video games when they sort of started being a thing and and that was definitely whether with my parents or with my friends and i was never really one of those little girls who was into sort of dollies or, or playing I did have a My Little Pony phase that's true but um, I remember my parents when my brother was born my parents bought me a Tiny Tears dolly 
You know, the ones mm. that wet themselves. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, even now I'm like, why would anyone want that? That's just work. But uh, I, apparently I was very dismissive of it and just shoved it straight under the sofa because I was like, "What? why? I mean, now I should say I've got two kids and I'm very happy. I don't, if they're listening, I, you know, it's a different situation. <laughs> but at the time, um, for me, play was a lot to do with, um, you know, either either interact interaction either with the computer or with another person with a board game, I guess. Yeah. And what did you particularly like um, about games, do you think? Um, I think... I think there's there's lots of things, really. I think a little bit of the competitive element. Um, I'm someone who likes, even now I like to learn things and I like the feeling of accomplishment you get from learning something. And and for me, that video games can be very rewarding in that way Um, because the more you play, the generally, I mean, obviously it depends on the type of game and it depends on your skill, but the type of game you're playing, um, you know, the, the better you, the more you play, usually the better you get at the game. And I find that very satisfying. And of course, there's nothing quite like uh, beating a member of your own family at risk or Monopoly uh, and watching them smash their fists on the ground in rage. I mean, that's joy. Everyone loves that, don't they? That's not weird. Yeah, definitely. I think there's that sort of, there's that age, isn't there, where you sort of tip into actually being able to be good at a game, whereas like there's a sort of stage where your parents have to kind of, you know, let you win a few times and be a little bit, you know, pretend to sort of get on your level. And then you have hit this point around kind of eight, nine, ten, and you're like, I can actually take these guys down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I've got I've got friends who are like middle aged gamers whose kids are now beating them at Mario Kart and stuff, and they're absolutely furious. They can't bear it. It's uh, it's good. Yeah, I'm very glad my son's yeah. not really keen on it. Otherwise, I'm, I'm sure I'd be in the same boat. Yeah, my husband um, does get a little bit enraged at times when um, yeah, Phoenix beats him at Mario Kart. It's funny. <laughs> it's interesting how you describe um, yeah, your kind of like love of like leveling up competitiveness. Um, I guess there's also a kind of strategic problem solving type um aspect to um to to games. Um and yeah, that's like a really quite clear um sort of like play personality I would sort of call it um and it's interesting how yeah how you sort of say you know I was never interested in like dolls and things like that and that just makes total sense to me because the way you describe your play is so different from that type of play like that type of play is very kind of like role play and you're kind of like acting out real life and you're you're sort of telling stories which is like really contrasting to um how you would be experiencing games Oh, excellent. I'm, I love this. I'm getting analysed. This is amazing. <laughs> Can we talk about my sex life and how I feel about my mother as well? That'd be marvellous. I yeah, love I her. Mean, She's a wonderful woman. She's a wonderful woman. I can't help you with that. I only know about play. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just interesting how people sort of say, like they assume that they should have been into a particular type of play. Um, but, you know, that that's, that's not the case at all. It's because it's like when we play, it's just like you know, what we're into and our intuitive impulses sort of coming out. So, yeah, it was interesting to sort of hear you say I was never into like the girly type um, stuff. And yeah, it's because your <laughs> your play um, DNA was obviously wired really differently. I'm curious how, um, like, how do you see your play experiences as a child? Do you see them in any way they kind of like helped you as you grew up or they're reflected some way in your life now? Um, well, I mean, I mean, in, in one very obvious sort of almost physical way, they, I, I ended up having a career in, in the games industry. I've been in the industry for over 20 years yeah. and, and growing up, 
I don't really remember thinking that was an option. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't playing video games thinking, mm. well, one day I shall be a games journalist. Um, for, for several reasons, I think one of them was that women in the industry weren't visible to me then. There was no internet, so there weren't people on Twitch or YouTube. There weren't girls playing games. And the ma- I did read games magazines, but they were all uniformly boys. I don't ever remember seeing a woman's name next to an article mm. in a games magazine. So it never really occurred to me that that was a, that was a choice. Um, so, so definitely that games have ended up being a much bigger part of my life than I ever sort of imagined, imagined they would. And then when I became a comedian a few years ago, I sort of got out of the games industry a bit and I stopped playing games as much. And then, you know, when the, when the pandemic happened and I was at home more, (laughs) um, I've got back into it and I've discovered Twitch and I've rediscovered my, my love of them basically, Mm. uh, which sounds very dramatic. Uh, it sounds like I've found God again. And I, but I sort of have, uh, (laughs) if his name was, was Mario. Um, (laughs) so yeah, definitely. Yeah. I grew up in the eighties and I feel like, um boys and girls gamed like it was like you know sonic was massive and mario and everyone kind of done it and and i think sort of i don't know if there was a period where it was kind of more balanced and then um it kind of became much more of a male interest or if this is just my perception from my like just blinkered point of view um and then girls didn't play so much and now it feels like there's there's obviously like a massive kind of culture and and movement around girl gamers but what's your um from sort of being in the industry what's your kind of take on the the journey um in terms of like interest and engagement across um female gamers yeah, I think I think you've you've captured it there. That's definitely definitely a thing. In in the eighties, it wasn't this sort of boy girl divide, and then mm. something sort of happened in the nineties, going up to the two thousands. I think it was a lot to do with the way games were marketed and yeah. marketeers kind of going, all right, look at this, look at this, look at these games. There's lots about sports, so there's lots about race cars and and football, and there's lots about fighting and guns. Who likes that sort of stuff? boys so men so let's let's put girls with big boobs in the adverts and and let's you know let's have one game uh, and we'll call it tomb raider and it'll have one one game with a woman in it but she'll have massive knockers you know it was it was a lot yeah. to do with with all of that and whereas before you know all right mario's a bloke but sonic's a bloody hedgehog you know what i mean mm. it, it was a different mm. it was a much more cartoony thing and i think there was just a shift in the way games were made and also they were marketed um, mm. And I yeah, and a lot of women I think did lose interest with with very good reason. I know lots of mums my age. Oh yeah, everyone will say it's very interesting. I find my whole career. If you say to people, especially like in my age in their forties, are you a gamer? Um, both genders very often will say, oh, I used to be, but I'm I'm not anymore. But then yeah. often when you dig deeper, you'll find the men will be like, oh, well, I still play FIFA or I still play Call of Duty or you know I've got a machine with a few. Whereas women often say, oh no, no, I'm not a gamer. But then they go, oh, yeah, well, I used to play Mario Kart and I used to play Street Fighter and I do play Candy Crush. And, I do, and you kind of think, oh, it's, I don't know, I'm quite interested in, in what that, that sort of gap uh, that happened mm. that hopefully yeah. is going away now. I think that's so true. Um, and I was reading there was a study published last year by Activision um, about mum gamers. And it, it the data kind of says what you're saying, that like, a lot of mums game, actually most of them um, it was showing, but they don't identify with being a gamer. Um, and, and and exactly as you say, they don't describe themselves in that way and are almost in, in denial about it. Um, it's interesting how um, 
the sort of image um, of a gamer has um, quite a lot of negative connotations um, and, and potentially gets quite a bad rap. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I, I think definitely. Um, I mean, well, it, it sort of depends in what context you're talking. So, um, for example, if you're talking on Twitch, being a gamer is cool, right? Being like, it's cool to yeah. be a pro streamer. You know, for my son, who's nine, my eldest son, um, he really looks up to these YouTubers and streamers in a way that 20 years ago kids would look up to footballers or pop stars you know they they're the stars the real celebrities for him um whereas yeah certainly I know a lot of my um friends my age especially the mums think I'm an insane nerd and they don't understand what I'm doing um, <laughs> listen who am I to say they're wrong who am I to do? maybe they're completely right um so yeah, I think it's generational, maybe, the, the perception of gamers now. Mm, yeah. It's funny, that, isn't it, that, that if you're sort of into something um, that has a kind of association in, in one particular way, you get this kind of like nerdy label. But um, I think the people that are um, perceived to be nerdy or whatever word you want to use to describe it in some way are better at... Um, seeking out joy um, and they are more likely to pursue kind of like hobbies and interests that bring them joy and enable them to play um, and it's just really interesting how in doing so because I think that association cuts across lots of things like collecting or kind of like hobbyist um, pursuits um, and we kind of say oh they're having a midlife crisis or they're really weird because they're like into building that but actually these people um they don't really care <laughs> um, and they are able to um, yeah seek out their own playtime and reap the benefits from that yeah and, and I think that's definitely a common trait in a lot of gamers I know um, uh, so so since, since I started on Twitch I have this little community now and I have this little um, group of people who chat on discord which for anyone who doesn't know is I mean I'm sure you know but um, it's a little sort of chat private chat forum thing um, so it's lots of people who we've sort of come together through gaming because they come and watch me play video games. But it's interesting, um, like one of them, Barb, he's a cosplayer. So he he's at the weekends, he streams himself building Mandalorian armor from scratch and painting it. And it's absolutely amazing, amazing to watch. And then there's Emily, who's one of my mods, who's lovely. Who she, she streams herself baking stuff and making cupcakes and things. And, you know... Um, there's all these different interests and, and I put a I put a thread on there just called cooking where people could post pictures of recipes or food or whatever and that's become probably the most active uh channel in the discord that's supposed to be about video games because everyone loves food yeah. and everyone loves <laughs> chatting about it but then when I say about this that I love cooking I'm obsessed with cooking but but that's play as well isn't it cooking cooking is really playing with ingredients and flavors and and generating an effect with with what you do so yeah I guess it's all tied in yeah and pl and play itself um is is just a really good kind of water cooler to bring people together and obviously people are multi-dimensional so other things are going to spill out of that i wondered like if if you had any thoughts on the impact that um things like youtube um twitch discord the, the these sort of um platforms that have built much more of a culture around gaming, mm. um, a, a kind of um, a, a community. It's very much um, a world, a scene, isn't it? Um, I wondered if you had any reflections on kind of what that's done to the experience of gaming um, and how 
that is quite different for children kind of entering to gaming is quite different to sort of you and I just kind of play Mario and, and Sonic at a kind of entry point is is the kind of a, a a kind of reflection that you have on on those contrasting experiences um yeah I, I think I mean obviously there are negatives like there are to everything but I think there are a, a huge bunch of positives um, because of the advent of, of due to the advent of streaming and YouTube and all of that, and one of them is the sort of democratization of, of gaming a bit. So um, now you're seeing a much more diverse because anybody can stream and anybody can make YouTube videos. Um, the, the range of people talking about games and providing games content is much broader. Um, mm. And I'm really grateful for the advent of things like Black Girl Gamers, which is a channel mm. I watch a lot on, on Twitch, which nothing like that existed when I was growing up, you know? Um, as I say, there were these magazines run by blokes, written by blokes, aimed at blokes. And that was fine because a lot of them were really funny and I read them and I enjoyed them. But that was the voice, you know? And then when I started out in magazines, I started on magazines um, in journalism and... It, at that time I got in right at the tail end just just before the internet arrived and it was very much that we were the sort of arbiters do you know what I mean there were about 30 mm. people in the country who told you what <laughs> what games were good and what were bad and and what they thought of them and you know we it was mad we would be flown to LA to look at a game for an hour and then we'd write 2,000 words and that was that was that whereas now hundreds thousands of people can tell you what they think about a yeah. game and what's good is as well, you can access as a gamer, you can access content about games that you're interested in. So growing up, I didn't really want to read a six page review of Pro Evolution Soccer. Uh, I wanted to play, read about Ty the Tasmanian Tiger 2, which might get, you know, 200 words in the corner because that was a an old, you know, maybe a girly or cartoony game. So so I love that now I could go on and watch hours and hours and hours of stuff about, um, you know, farming games, for example which I love, but are often considered by hardcore gamers, not proper games. But there's that mm. content for me out there. Now, a downfall of that is not all that content may be great because arguably it's less filtered, it's less edited. But, you know, that's that's not the end of the world. I feel like not everything has to be totally curated and it's kind of fun to feel your way around the world, find voices that um, either reflect you and where you're coming from or perhaps don't, perhaps offer a really different perspective from people who have a different background to you, different gender, different ethnic background and, and listen to their voices and get a different perspective. Isn't that more interesting, I think, than mm. any, everyone saying the same thing? Yeah, I think that's so true, isn't it? And And I think one of the things I wanted to talk about is a lot of parents, um, when they think about their kids playing video games and kind of getting into the gaming world, their primary response is fear. Mm. Um, and I think that's because fear often comes because of something we don't understand. Um, and it does seem to be like this world um, with these like mega stars and there's tournaments and there's like Twitch and, and it does seem, I think, quite intimidating for parents who possibly didn't game themselves and certainly didn't kind of game in the same way today. But I think um, what you're saying is really important because, you know, children 
they're always going to be interested and go somewhere um and uh, media is always going to be really important in how they kind of make sense of the world um and i think you're right in that the the community is so expansive the number of voices um are so expanded and what you're able to find in there means that yes they can um you know see people playing and see people uh, talking about games that they're interested in but who those voices are and the diversity of those voices um, and what they might talk about sort of in those water cooler moments. I know some of them talk about sort of mental health and gender mm. identity and sort of things like that. Um, I think is really, really having um, some positive impact um, anyway on, on sort of children's understanding of themselves and the world. I hope so. I hope so. And and just as an example, I think um, I know a lot of people who have ADHD or who are on the autistic spectrum enjoy gaming. Um, and often quite a few of them will turn up on my Twitch stream and they'll tell me that. And, and so I kind of I, I know that's kind of happening. And I, I'm not quite sure because I'm not a scientist and I haven't studied what the correlation is there with gamers and people who have those um, situations. But um, I, I think it's great that, from what I hear, those people now have a place where they can meet people who have the, had the same life experience as them, look at the world in a similar way. Yeah. And in, in that context and within gaming, they've got this thing in common and they're not the outsider as the way they often are in the outside world. So I think things like that are just really positive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and what do you have any points of view on... Um, uh, kind of like age and entry into playing games and perhaps thinking about like what's a good journey for kids into games because I think one of my um I guess kind of one of the things that I observe about um children's uh, relationship with technology is that they can sometimes be handed everything all at once mm. um and it's quite a lot like if you know to give a child um let's just say a phone for example like you've got um you've got the whole world in your pocket and i'm kind of interested in if you think there's almost like a training wheels um process into gaming because i think um that would be something that um the listeners would find quite quite helpful and that doesn't seem to be um so much kind of advice around that yeah, I, I think well, I, I think at a really practical level and at quite a basic level, a good place to start is with the tablets and the iPads and things like that because there's a huge range of games on there um, that are aimed at really quite young kids and that are educational. I'm um, thinking of games like Endless Alphabet, which is a fun game where you have to like put wiggly monster letters into the you know into the shapes and there's the tocker games which are really fun brightly colored cooking games and and also any any kids tv show your kid likes whether it's peppa pig or paw patrol or you know there's an app for that uh also other tv shows that don't begin with p are available but um but they're you rubbish. know yeah they're rubbish <laughs> and look those those games um they vary in quality and stuff like that but it's, yeah. it's a fun way to get your child if you if you pick the right ones and it's not hard to do because actually the App Store and the Play Store are very well curated, I think. It's quite easy to find a list of good kids' games that a human being has picked out um, as as being good, you know. Um, I think that's a good place to get them used to the idea. I think, um, of course, you, you don't want to force anything on your kid, kids and, and all kids are different and, and may or may not be interested. You know, I've got a nine-year-old who's obsessed with games. It's basically all he wants to do. The six-year-old couldn't give a monkey's. Um, 
absolute king of a toss and that may change the big one might grow out of it the little one might get into it i don't know mm. but i'm i'm not i'm not trying to force it on them i mean having said all that i always say that for me personally i would rather my children played a video game than watched uh certainly youtube yeah <laughs> uh, and possibly tv or film because those things for me are quite passive um and tv and film there's you know obviously you get storyline and things like that but but certainly with youtube you're kind of watching other people do stuff whereas i prefer them to do something uses their brain whether that's their brain solving a puzzle in a game or something more basic like working out how to kick the football and which button correlates with which you know in the game mm. but that's that's just me so i'm i'm curious because i mentioned that like a lot of parents have a fear of gaming and i think that does come from um perhaps a lack of understanding um and you obviously have a lot of understanding of games um and of the the kind of gaming universe what what how has that um i guess helped you to um sort of make decisions about your kids um, gaming experiences and to be able to kind of guide them through it because i guess you didn't have that fear um i don't know i'm assuming you might have but i'm assuming that you know you felt quite confident um when your um um kids wanted to to start gaming how did having some knowledge sort of help help all of that oh well it definitely helped just again at a sort of basic level because obviously i know roughly the content of video games right so i kind of know what minecraft is yeah so it's quite easy for me to gauge whether my child's ready for that game without having to do loads of research or play it myself or because i i know right um but i yeah i did realize sort of last year that uh, that's not the case for everybody um, because I just basically when my kids started school and people got wind that I worked in games I just started getting asked literally every day like oh what what machine should I get my kid for Christmas or are they old enough to play Minecraft or how many you know can I play this game if people's got that on that so that's why I started my Ellie Gibson games Instagram um, because to try and because I know a lot of parents are on Instagram through my work on Scummy Mummies yeah. and I was like that maybe that's a way to to kind of give people a resource um so there was all there was all that but but yes even though I've played games all my life and worked in the industry for forever I still there are still issues I struggle with um yeah. certainly screen time is, is a constant negotiation in our house and we all know what I mean by negotiation it's a bloody great row most weeks uh, and also things like last year my son was turning nine and he really wanted Fortnite. and i played a bit of Fortnite, and i knew it was a gun and i'd resisted letting him play shooting games yeah but he really wanted it and it was locked down and it was hard and his mates were playing it and not and I, again none of these are reasons on their own i'm not saying oh well, if someone's if your mates are playing it they have to have it but I had to weigh up all this stuff, even as an experienced gamer, and, mm. and kind of work out whether or not to let him have it. And it was a real challenge. So I really feel for people mm. who are having to do all that and make those hard decisions, and they don't have the context that I have and the facts that I have. So I'm mm. trying. I'm trying to. I'm a great person. That's what I'm You're saying. You're a really great yeah, person. I'm a really good You're person. doing yeah. really good. Really good. I, th I do feel like there was like uh, there's like a time before Fortnite and after Fortnite. Like Fortnite <laughs> was was um excuse the pun a bit of a game changer um 
just mm. in terms of i mean it's not like it's the first game that's like blown up or you know become a kind of overnight success but the intensity with like how that game like just spread through schools um mm. and became became the playground essentially um and i think you know something we haven't touched upon yet is i think what is important about games um, and particularly the connectivity that is possible with games today there are obviously um safety and some problems with that but the amount of time that children um are spending um out of home and doing independent play is decreasing the age that they're allowed to go outside um and kind of be by themselves is increasing so essentially you know the online world has become the new playground because we've kind of <laughs> taken away um some of their freedom to to go and, and do that elsewhere so i think it does um it does create a real pressure um, in terms of when a game blows up like that. And that is the new playground. Um, I personally, this was like our first sort of um, big conflict moment with our child. I have three kids. They're one, seven and ten. And our ten-year-old, when Fortnite kind of exploded, obviously um, wanted to go on it. And it was the first sort of big thing that we were like, do you know what? No, it's not, it's not the right time. Um, and the reason for that was a few reasons. Um, firstly, um, he had recently had some new games, um, games that are quite expensive, um, devices that are quite expensive. Um, and I think one of the problems with the way that um, kind of media is consumed today is that it's just like relentless, like the updates, the new versions. Um, and, and it was kind of important to us to sort of instill that you can't just have another new <laughs> new thing mm. um and, and you know you you really like the games that you've got and you haven't really finished them yet and they're kind of open world and all that sort of stuff so that was one reason um the second reason was um i could see um that this was very all-consuming um mm. and um our child you know he hadn't had a lot of experience with um kind of connecting on phones and online and and the sort of more um social side of it um and it just didn't feel like the right time you know we we're very busy at that at that point in our life there wasn't just enough mm. space to kind of coach him through it um in in a way that I felt was important and then thirdly I do feel like I love the open world play in Fortnite. I love some of the visuals. I love the inclusion of like dances and gestures and things like that. I just wish the weaponry hadn't been quite so aggressive in the way that mm. it that it kind of looks. I wish that would have just been toned down a little bit. So yeah, we did end up saying uh, no to that. And it was like the first time that, you know, he was upset and, you know, I felt for him. Like it was it was hard to mm. do that. Um, but, he, you know, he was like nine or maybe even eight at the time. Um, and anyway, he has since played it. And I feel like the experience of kind of... Um, holding back on it in the end mm. um has actually been quite a good one and um, quite a good lesson learned and like now he he only went on it in the lockdown and you know they were he was just like oh me and this other kid hadn't been on either and he was like we're total noobs and we just like go around and <laughs> you know we've got like the beginner skin and it's really funny um and they just kind of like would go on the open the free play um and sort of build campfires and stuff um so 
yeah, it, it is. It's so hard when something is blowing up like that, and mm. you know you're in the hubble bubble of busy life, and you're just like, oh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. Yeah, no, it's it's tough, and it and it's an ongoing conversation. I think um, I've got asked. I've started. You started to ask for Apex Legends now, which is a game yeah. that's similar to Fortnite, but it's a sixteen, and he's ten, and so it's just it's just a flat no. Um, so you know and and i think everyone's family's different and you've got to base it on your child and what you know of your child because children develop at different rates and so and, and the fortnite can really make children have very strong emotions yeah um and i think you have to look at your child and be honest with yourself about where they are in that development um and some kids are able to kind of tol- manage those emotions quite well by the time they're 10 and some kids will start throwing stuff and smashing stuff um yeah. and and that's that's not to do that doesn't mean one person's parenting is better or worse or one child is better or worse it just means they're at a different stage so we all have to make our own calls on that i think yeah definitely um do, um, do you still play fortnite no I think it's no. terrifically dull, personally. But, you know, that again, that's my personal opinion. That's the great thing about modern video games is there's tons of things out there. Yeah. Um, I would much rather pay uh, Animal Crossing or um, Story of Seasons, which my son thinks are incredibly boring because all you do is wander around and, and farm apples. And I'm like, yeah. yes, I'm 43. That's all I want to do. Yeah, I so, find yeah. Animal Crossing so relaxing. It's like, yeah, I've had a really hard day. I'm just going to sit down and basically do some work, like fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Build my house. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Animal Crossing for us was a game that uh, really sort of connected us as a family. And I really liked this concept that you could kind of visit each other's houses. And, yes. Like I'd go in there and they'd like basically just dump all their crap outside my yeah. tent. <laughs> Yeah, we did. We did have a lot of fun at that. Charlie won't really play Animal Crossing on his own, but he does quite like coming over to my island, nicking all my apples, going through my wardrobe, taking what he wants. You know, uh, it's just like real life, basically. Uh, we, yeah, that's that is really really fun. I love doing that. And I think that's what is um, obviously is so attractive about games. It's why a lot of people um, enjoy them so much. Is because you you can do things that you can't do in real life like the way that you create your avatar or your character you can't do that to your hair and your you know your body in in real life so it really kind of allows you to dive into your imagination and I think that's what some of the sort of more contemporary games today are so good at they allow you to express yourself um and really kind of bring your imagination to life um Mm. and I think that's sometimes also what parents don't quite understand like they will see a real sort of um a child that's for example gets kind of quite deep into Minecraft um and obviously they'll use words um maybe like obsession or they're worried about them being addicted which are real um things and real concerns Mm. but it's I think it's really helpful um and when I sort of work with with parents to to get them to to ask the children questions and to to get the kids to show them the world that they have built because what is often happening there is it's just that they are able to um bring to life their imagination that that they just they can't in their everyday play and i think being able to 
uh, almost like decode that and kind of make sense of that takes away some of the fear and then helps you to be able to regulate it a bit more if you if you need to yeah and and I think games are also good in that way because they can be collaborative so um one of my sons he doesn't really like drawing or um uh, writing stories and stuff which which for me I I uh, not struggle with what's the word I'm looking for um I can't identify with that because yeah. as a kid I love doing those things um but you know he doesn't so I don't I don't push it on him that's that's not what he's interested in um but I I have worried about his learning to create and how we develop his skill because I've had so much joy and satisfaction from creating stuff um and what I love is in a game like Minecraft he can go online with a friend uh, and they do this all the time and they'll build these worlds they'll build these buildings and create this stuff together and it's collaborative and I think there's something about that that for him is is less we've all had that thing where you sit down with a pen and a piece of paper a blank sheet of paper whether it's to write something you have to write or draw something and you and you have the fear right you have yeah. like oh no I'm going to be terrible at this and I don't know what to do and everyone's going to judge it and I'm going to fail um but with another person and, and within a game where there's sort of building blocks it's it seems to be like a less pressurized environment for him and and so i've really i think that's a really good outlet for him mm yeah definitely you can experiment um you know make mistakes try things out um all really really good skills yeah so what what kind of games do you guys play as a family what are your sort of go-to's so we've been playing a lot of cooperative games um we love overcooked have you played that one no oh overcooked is a fantastic game um where you're you're little chefs in a kitchen and you have to cooperate so you have to you have to like talk do you just sit on the sofa you don't need to be online or anything but you have to talk so you have to be like right you prepare the salmon i'll put the rice on the rice is ready like if you've ever seen hell's kitchen it's like that how long chef two minutes okay rice coming two minutes and it's just really really fun so we love that one um there's also a game that came out just recently called it takes two um this is a game uh, it's a platform like an adventure game and it's a bit like um honey i shrunk the kids you play mm-hmm. as these two little characters who are sort of little and you have to navigate your way around these this house it's a great game it has a really awful storyline i think um that has some very strange ideas about <laughs> uh parents separating and what that's about and why can't we all just get along and i i, I think tread carefully if your child or if you're going through a separation or that's an issue for your family uh i would definitely say maybe have a look at it on youtube but the game itself is fantastic really fun to play really engaging um so we love a bit of that um there's a game called moving out where you play a pair of removal people and you again you have to work together to move the sofa through the window and do the do the thing so games like that where we can sit down and and work together uh, at what we really enjoy because really let's be honest he doesn't want to play Fortnite with his mum he wants to play it with his mates and you know that's that's I don't want to play Ghost of Tsushima with him because it's incredibly (laughs) violent and he's not allowed to play it so I play that when he's gone to bed I think it's all right to have separate interests as well 
Yeah, totally. Um, and also, I, I always advocate for parents having their own play and it being um, sort of really healthy for children to understand that you've got your own interest, your own playtime, um, and you can kind of be curious about each other's play and talk to each other about it, but don't necessarily have to do everything together, for sure. Mm, definitely. Do you think that... Playing games um, with your children has had any impact on your ability to sort of connect with them? Yes, I think definitely we've had some really... It's it's because it's a shared interest, uh, definitely, that brings us together. You know, again, it's it's about... I, I love cooking. Charlie's not interested in it. You know, the little one is, so we that's what we do together. But um, Charlie loves football. I would rather, you know, cut my own legs off than play football for an hour. Um, so games is a thing that we have in common, and that's been lovely. Having said all that, I have to be honest and say it's also caused conflict, yeah. you know, yeah. um, where we have been playing a game together and one of us is a bit tired and ratty and has, you know, maybe lost our temper with the other one. Or You know, it, it, it's not all plain plain sailing, um, but that's family. I think that's, yeah. that's and, and part of growing up in a family and part of the skills we have to learn and develop is what happens when you fall out or you annoy each other and how you repair that. Um, so, uh, what I'm saying is I'm just telling myself it's all fine. It'll all work yeah. out basically. <laughs> it is. I think it's, no, I think it's great. And I love speaking to, um, other parents that do enjoy playing games with their kids because I think sometimes when we talk about, I really dislike the word screen time as well, by the way, it's like a real bugbear of mine. I just find it really, oh. outdate, really find it really outdated and irrelevant that we're still talking about time I think it should be much more sort of thinking holistically about like a child's play diet and just that they've got a bit of this bit of that um oh interesting yeah thinking more about what they're actually doing on the screen the quality of what they're consuming is that actually having any benefits to them versus just like how many minutes are they on a screen Mm. I just find that really quite outdated because unless (laughs) unless you're going to have a really extreme lifestyle um all kids are going to be on screens in some time and I think we have to move beyond talking about screen time Um, so do you do you have a hierarchy because I think I sort of do even though I've never really written it down or anything but I think I sort of have a hierarchy in my head of screen time in terms of uh, things kids can do on screen in terms of the value (laughs) yeah yeah do you have that Yes, I do. Yeah. Mm. Um, And I think also sort of slightly by age as well and and the context. So for really little children, um, I... I I believe that that should, it should be a shared activity rather than mm. a sort of pacifier or solitary activity. Um, and it's interesting because I, I think a lot of um, parents of young children today feel the pressure to um, like play and be with their children for really, really long periods of time. And then they use the screen as the thing to give them a break so that mm. they can actually kind of go off um and kind of do their jobs and whatever and I'm kind of interested in flipping that around like enjoy this the digital play together explore apps together um, explore entertainment together um, and then encourage more independent play with toys and kind of outside and stuff um, otherwise the child um, finds it harder to kind of 
play by themselves um mm. away from the screen um so I think I think it's kind of seen as this thing that like that's for kids and like that's a thing that they do like really autonomously because the tablets and stuff make it so easy but I think when I was kind of asking about the training wheels I think my take on it is I think start together um mm. when they're when they're little and explore together because I think if you do that when they're little it also starts to take away some of the fear um of of kind of when they've grown up because you've had this relationship with them you know that you both can experience and talk about um digital games and stuff together because you've experienced it together and then I think when they get a bit older yeah like I um really like games that have um problem solving kind of like puzzle and strategy games um I also observe kind of like what you said the effect that it has on the the kid um and I noticed like with my eldest of Phoenix in open world adventure games like Zelda um, and Animal Crossing has kind of like a quite a chilled effect on him and actually sort of mirrors his real world play as well. Um, mm. So he's like really like into like climbing trees and, you know, he did like bow and arrows and, you know, he's really kind of like quite outdoorsy. So I feel like in the games, it allows him to continue those play patterns, but in a way that obviously isn't possible in real life because he's not actual Zelda sure. <laughs> um, um, so um, yeah I think kind of things like that um, sort of looking for uh, and that's like the same with with sort of Minecraft as well often the kids who are drawn to that um, kind of very into like patterns or into design or really into sort of creativity and it kind of mirrors what perhaps they they might have been interested to um, in real in real life but they can do it in another way so yeah I think just just things that kind of um, really bring out some of their um sort of natural play personality but obviously as a young child you need to have played a lot without screens as well to sort of understand what that is yeah yeah makes sense so yeah not so into the word screen time (laughs) Um, no that's really interesting yeah thank you just before we um kind of yeah close out I'd love to just talk a little bit more about mums and gaming and like your thoughts on like would you recommend I mean obviously everyone has different interests it's not going to be for everyone but I kind of have a hunch that if mums were if mums were playing more and if mums were more vocal about perhaps identifying as being a bit of a gamer and kind of enjoying that as one of their entertainment um, options I think it would actually be quite like radically beneficial um, in terms of how we as parents can talk about gaming um, from the perspective of our children and kind of like decision making and things like that but also receiving some of those benefits um, around kind of connecting with other people I think particularly like if you've got a co-parent and partner it can be just a very different experience to sort of like sitting down and binging a tv show for example it is inherently obviously more playful um, and kind of more yeah a bit more kind of like um, interactive fun um, so yeah I just wondered if if you thought just what your thoughts were on that if you if you could sort of imagine if um yeah mums were more sort of active in the gaming scene and playing themselves what kind of impact that that might have on them oh I think I mean yeah personally I think it'd be great but I'm aware of not trying to push uh, <laughs> first of all push, push what I like onto other people but also I do, do you know what I don't want to give mums another thing to do man like we've got enough <laughs> to do um so I don't want to make people feel pressured that suddenly they should um, be completing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I did, by the way, in only <laughs> in only 97 hours. Um, but what I would say 
is that if it, you think it's something you might be interested in or if it's something that you did enjoy as a child, you know, there's such diversity out there in games. And if you're not in the gaming world, it's very easy to think it's all Call of Duty and Fortnite and Minecraft. Yes, yes. But actually, if you like crosswords, if you like just little colourful, matchy games, which I love, if you like... If, if you like, if you've always fantasized about having your own farm with a dog and horses, and you know, um, all these games, right? If you like bloody tennis or golf, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. there's just such a such a breadth of of stuff out there, and and they can be so relaxing, and they can also be so thrilling, um, and they can be funny, and just games do get lumped into sort of one sort of homogenous mass, and and then we see the dominant strains sort of emerge. But there's just so much out there. And and as you're saying, like play can be so satisfying and relaxing and and fun. And and I again, if you're looking for something to do with your kids, for me, video games is is great because I I find it much less tedious than uh, pretending to be Iron Man for three hours, Um, (laughs) which is what my younger son wants to do. Uh, I find it much less cold and exhausting than kicking a football around. Um, <laughs> you know, you get to sit on the bloody sofa and drink a glass of wine while you're doing it. What's not to like, team? Exactly. Come multiple on. Multiple benefits. Yeah. Multiple benefits. <laughs> it's funny because, um, yeah, I wasn't trying to push gaming or give mums. I know. I know. I just. I just. I, <laughs> I know. I just want to be clear to, where I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah, I speak to a lot of mums, and they're just like, "Oh, I really used to love Sims," and I'm like. Mm you know you're still allowed to play yes (laughs) like you're allowed to have that play um in your life and it's it's funny we get on autopilot don't we with our sort of um entertainment and you sit down you scroll through next netflix or whatever um and i'm Mm. like yeah if you want to instead of doing that you could be playing sims just I think having another family to look after. That's that's the trick. And I've listen. I've been. I'm a, as I say, I'm a huge gamer. But I've been that mum. You know, a year or two ago, when you know, back in the before times, um, I was on tour with Scummy Mummy, so I'd be away from home two or three nights a week, or at least out two or three nights a week, um, and I'd be knackered uh, by Sunday. And you know, I I was like, oh, I don't have time for video games anymore. I don't have time. I don't have time. And then really, I was like you know when when the pandemic hit and suddenly I wasn't on tour I didn't really have much of a job anymore I was like oh but it, but I, I no that I'm phrasing what I still I was working really hard but I didn't have a job in the evenings anymore and I was like oh no I do have time it's just I've been spending that time looking at Instagram mm. or on Facebook or watching Netflix all mm. of which are valid entertainment forms which I enjoy but I'd sort of forgotten that I get a lot more satisfaction personally from playing mm. a game than I do mm. looking at what other people are doing on Instagram. I like Instagram. It's, I've made, you know, a career out of that as well. It's cool. But um, I have a completely different feeling when I finish, say, a Twitch stream, when I finish playing a video game for a few hours and had some laughs with the people in my community. Yeah. Um, I come out of that feeling really almost... It's, 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 it has more in common with the feeling I have when I come off stage. Right, which is that I've connected and I've engaged and if I'm lucky I've entertained and I've got something back from them and you know, I I I feel um sort of elevated and energized yeah. by it. Whereas if yeah. I spend the same amount of time looking at Instagram, I tend to feel a bit hollow and a bit just sort of nothingy and a bit tired, you know? But again, mm. that's just that's just me. Your your mileage may vary. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the power of play. Yeah. That's what that's kind of what you get is very different to sort of being entertained and then actually, you know, playing and being active in in a in a play state. Um it's, mm. it's just a very different emotion. They're all valid. Um but I think um we do forget to play um and we kind yeah. of go more for some of the like numbing or passive um because you know because they're easy and we're all knackered yeah um, but, I, but yeah. I love playing and and again like you say maybe I'm that it's interesting I'm going to think about what you said about my personality type because I think I wonder if there's a reason I'm in a double act right rather than just I mean there's lots of reasons one of them is Helen's really funny and I like her <laughs> but um it's I'm it's interesting to me that because really what Helen and I do uh, is play you know, yeah. we play at yeah. making each other laugh and we play at, you know, we try out different songs and jokes and we, we have sometimes we're on we're on stage together and we start sort of riffing or something, you know, improv happens. That is like a tennis match, you know, yeah. but but not. And we've talked to male double acts like Richard Herring about this and stuff with them. It can be very competitive um, and it's trying to score. Mm. It's trying to smash an ace over the tennis net, you know, to beat the other person. And with Helen and I, and from what I understand, quite a lot of female double acts, it's more just keeping the ball in the air and seeing how yeah. high, how high, seeing how high you can, hard you can hit it. But yeah, with a view to having fun rather than scoring yeah. a point. Um, so yeah, yeah, interesting. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, I love that. And at the beginning, I remember you also talked about you sort of like love leveling up. And there is a sort of, I guess, an element of that rhythm within a show. There must be where you're kind of like, you're sort of leveling up, leveling up, leveling up um, and kind of, you know, reaching a kind of peak. There must be that sort of feeling as well as you play yeah. together. And you're you're trying to get that from the audience. You're trying to get the audience. My, my dad was a comedian and he always says, you're trying to get to the audience, the audience to a point where they can't help laughing and whatever you say or do, they will find it funny. <laughs> and that's not because you're being particularly brilliant or they're being stupid. <laughs> it's because you've built up this sort of you've you've built up that energy. Um mm. and 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 yeah, just going back to what I said at the beginning about being competitive as well, I just want to make it clear I'm actually terrible at video games. I don't want to make it sound like I'm this <laughs> professional gamer. And uh, one of my things on my Twitch is one of my part of my shtick is I'm pretty bad. Like I'm always throwing myself off cliffs by accident or like accidentally slicing my horse with a sword instead of the baddie. But my followers seem to really like it and they laugh at me and we have a good laugh about it. And again, we're all in it together. So it's not about being competitive. It's sometimes about me being rubbish. And that's fun. Yeah, that <laughs> is play. fun. It's that play. Is fun. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much, Ellie. Um, I think, you know, what you do with Helen and the Scummy Mummies is is absolutely brilliant. I think it's just so important to see, you know, women, mums um, being funny, playing games, um, having a playmate. Um, it's really, really awesome. Um, oh, so thank, thank you, you. For, for everything that you do. I hope you guys um, get to go back on tour soon is that We've kind got of our in the first works? our first show um the day after tomorrow oh my so goodness I feel, that is going to be amazing oh, yeah i'm just nearly sick um no it'll be fine it'll be <laughs> It'll you got your nice. playmate there with you. Exactly. You guys will be, you guys will be awesome. Um, yeah, I wish fun. you um, the best of luck. And thank you for coming to chat to me. It's been so, um, yeah, so, so interesting. Thank oh, you. Thank you for having me. Well, Emma, that was fantastic. That's great, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely fascinating. What mm. insight. Yeah. Good topic, I think. Um, and I was very interested, yeah, about this whole rise of the mum gamers. 
Yeah, maimers. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking that because um, you and I have been trying to have more play dates. Yeah. So I think obviously when you're, you know, when you have kids and stuff like that, things change and you don't get to spend as much time together. And typically, like culturally, it's become like this play date. Um, no, sorry, this um, date night. Date night, yeah, yeah, has become like what couples do where you go out for like dinner and have a drink or whatever, which is great. But I think, you know, you and I, we do talk and we do actually see each other quite a lot. Cause we We're both talking work... and seeing each other right now. <laughs> we both work quite flexibly. And I think actually for us, going on a play date actually offers something richer. Um, and so we've been trying play dates out. We've been, um, what have we do? Rock climbing. No, not well, no, we've been bouldering. Rock we're not rock climbing, Emma. <laughs> You're not on a cliff face. No, we, we went to a climbing centre. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was great. It was really good fun. You need a lot of encouragement. Yeah, you're really good at giving you, You're someone that needs to be praised a lot. <laughs> Is that fair? Like, you know, it's no, you, I, I'm just at the bottom of the wall and I have to say things like, you're doing it. Keep, keep going. You're yeah, almost there. You didn't have to, but I did appreciate it. Yeah. No, I did. I like how you were helping me. You got stuck. One, one, you got. You froze. You froze up. I know. It was the first one I went up. I thought, oh my god, it's. it's You're gonna I'm, die. Yeah, I thought I'm high. Yeah, you were high. And my hands frozen. My hands cramped up. Yeah, that's gaming cramp. Instagram fingers. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, the claw. <laughs> <laughs> it's the claw. <clears throat> um, yeah, well, climbing's fun. Yeah, climbing's good because it gets the endorphins going. Yeah. You know, even though. You did think you were about to die. Sometimes it's good that you think you're about to die because well, you release I, I you release those die. delicious, delicious <laughs> adrenaline. I didn't think I was going to die. I just thought I'd have to live up there. Yeah, isn't it true that all that stuff's good for depression? I don't know. Like being on the edge of or the pre- precipice of something to release adrenaline endorphins is like a, a really good for your mental health, isn't it? So I sort of think if ever you feel a bit down, grab your skateboard. Go to the top of a really big hill and go down it. And I tell you, you know, at the bottom, you will feel better. Unless you, <laughs> <laughs> unless you, unless you don't skateboard and you I'm stack it say, and you end up in hospital. Please don't ride a skateboard <clears throat> down a hill if you've never been on one. No, before. but sometimes... Um, you mean just doing something that's a bit like risky? Yeah, you know, like this sort of grey culture that we have where everyone is just... Um, I'm not being high and mighty here, sorry. What I mean is that feeling of you get you get that feeling very naturally when you are young because often you are in situations you're playing you're doing stuff whether it be climbing to the top of a tree in the woods or i don't know going really fast on your bike that for some reason that just stops when you're an adult and i guess this is kind of what your whole ethos is about isn't it because you stop releasing certain chemicals in your body Mm. if you if you don't Mm. push yourself yeah. To, to, to the limits sometimes and going up a really tall cliff or going fast on a skateboard or even just like going fast on your bike doing anything that just elevates your heart rate and sort of like whoa yeah can actually clear your mind completely and give you like a load of clarity yeah it's true what you're talking about is like risk taking in play cue and... all of your followers getting skateboards and bombing hills <laughs> But I think it doesn't have to be as extreme <clears throat> as that. So, you know, running downhill can give you that. Absolutely. Without having to, like, break a leg. Free but yeah, your silly. Free your silly. We always talk about that, don't we? But I think, yeah, what you're talking about is um, 
I think in adult life, um, you do stop taking those risks or the risks start to become more related to um, like in, immature in your work or whatever oh, it might be. So yeah. you don't get you don't get the risks that come with playing. No, they are a, a sweet, sweet drug. Yeah, and I like to see other people doing it. I like to see other people having a nice time. That kind mm. of elevates me. Mm. And I think as soon as someone else's joy makes you unhappy, I think that's when you have some serious, serious issues. You know, if someone's just having a load of fun, I don't know, on the street, they're doing something and some people will look at that and smile and others will just tut and mm. like shake their head. Mm. I worry for that person. Mm. Yeah, that person might need... And seeing you up on that rock face <laughs> gave me a lot of joy. When you froze up and thought you were going to die, I was like, yeah, she's getting the good stuff now. I loved it. I loved it. Anyway, my point of bringing that up was um, for a play date, we could try having a... Gaming. Yeah, we could try yes. couples Can gaming. Can it be like a beat them up Yeah. <laughs> or can we be fighting? <laughs> no, Mario Kart? I don't that know. I heard it. Street yeah. Fighter 2. It's lovely. You do it. Uh, how do you can? Okay, that was better than mine. Um, yeah, because do you remember that time in my 20s when I got really into Big Little Planet? Little Big Planet. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, Sack Boy. Loved it. Bull Sack Boy. <laughs> Narrated by Stephen Fry. It's yes. so relaxing. Put stickers everywhere. I thought it was great. But I had to stop when I got to the Japanese level because I couldn't get across the lava and it just drove me mad. And oh, like, God. This really relaxing game just turned into this like really stressful experience and I never went on it again. Okay. But yeah, I thought we could try couple gaming. Yeah, I'm well up for that. For sure. Do you want to come on with me and my mates on Battlefront and have a sesh? No. No. <laughs> that's a hard no we, uh, no I don't want to do that I'll just play something with you okay yeah well I'm glad that you're taking interest in my hobbies Ems I, I love gaming as a family I love it when we sit down and play Mario Kart it's fun it's great it's shared really experience fun. yeah it's fun too right it's something about like when you see a family member's character in the game and you can interact yeah and you with want to them. red shell that mother yeah yeah <laughs> literally it's so good <laughs> yeah there's something about that it's just so sort of like mischievous and yeah because you're doing something you know i couldn't chuck a red shell at you in yeah. normal life but it's like when you see <laughs> when you see your family members in the screen it's like they are there yeah and also it's fun to be competitive with each other because that's not really a dynamic you ever have do you within your family unless you are playing a playing board, games, a board yeah. game or mm. like yeah. Yeah, it's fun. And it is fun and probably quite important. Do you remember when Phoenix had that um where he couldn't handle losing at anything? Yeah. And it was just such a nightmare. Yeah. Even if you were just like having a, a running race in the park. Yeah, that is such a stage <clears throat> though, isn't it? You have to and that's never, never that, had it with indie. That's why some kids really struggle with gaming as well. When they if they're going through that stage where they're learning about that and they're on a game and it's so intense, they like rage quit. They call it don't rage they? quit. Smack like smash the controller because they can't. Handle. Yeah, I've got a friend. I've got a friend that is doing that, and he's like forty-seven. Well, you know, maybe he needs to have a few more lips. Yeah, all of a sudden, I, I all of a sudden I just hear this. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And he's like, oh, I'm just smashing the pad on my thigh. Oh, what a life. Yeah. Anyway. Well, who's I, up next, Ems? I don't know. I haven't got the Excel spreadsheet up. but Get the spready is, up. Get the spready up. They'll be great. And we'll be back next week or maybe the week after. <laughs> we'll no, let everyone we've know. We've discussed this. It's, it's a bi-weekly 
podcast. Yeah, but it's not though because we've launched. <clears throat> you broke your own rules, Emma. We've launched weekly. I think that's because the first one did so well. You were like, Ugh, content. We've got to get it out there. Okay, well, for now, it's weekly. Is it? Yeah. That's a hell of a schedule, Ems. So you better, Don't say it unless you mean it. You better remember to turn the microphone on and stuff. Right, Ems. Now, let me listen to you promote your life. Here we go. We want the stars. Right, that's it, is it? <laughs> what, you want celebs? Rate, review, subscribe. Oh, say it. Don't spray it. <laughs> God, I asked for the news, not the weather. Me and Ems, we're sat across from each other and whilst promoting herself, she just sprayed me. Right, try it again, Emma. Okay, we want all the stars. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, give us five stars. Unless you think it's crap, then keep them to yourself. Um, Shove those stars up. <laughs> and follow us on Patreon. Five pounds a month. Yeah, you, you keep saying of- us. Oh yeah, me. Ben doesn't do anything. <laughs> God. Um, but I do. I do loads of content. I do blogs. I do um, a weekly audio update, um, and I kind of give my opinions on um, different podcasts and articles and things like that. Um, I sometimes get experts in, so come along there. We've got no sponsorship on this podcast. No one makes money from podcasts, so please sign up to the Patreon and support the pod um, and tell your friends. Tell your friends and fam. Well, how much is your Patreon, Emma? £5 a month of that. Did you? Mm-hmm. God, that, I mean, that's the price of a very expensive coffee in a trendy London establishment. Mm, haven't been to one of those for a while. But think what you get. Yeah, it's like it's like a all really of that good delicious, magazine. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> think of all that delicious content. Mm, so delicious. Okay. Okay, we'll see you next week. Yeah, you're gonna need a better sign off than that. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Live playfully. Oh, that was nice. <laughs>